Welcome to the Red Eye Manifesto. It's a weekly travel podcast designed to inspire fresh ideas when it comes to avenues of adventure and to also address some of the most tantalizing aspects of the traveling lifestyle itself. Stop by weekly as we recount times of travel's past and unveil a series of tips for making travel duly enjoyable as it can be economical. So this week we're going to mix things up quite a bit. We met a guy by the name of Brett Williams, who's an Australian currently traveling North America and South America all in one stretch on his motorcycle. We met him here at our hostel in Haynes Junction up in the Yukon in Canada. And for those who don't know, that's the province that's just east of Alaska, so it's pretty far north. After that, he's driving from here all the way down to Argentina on a four-month journey. So here we have it, folks, the very first Red Eye Manifesto interview, and it certainly won't be the last. All right, so we are here, uh, just got done recording our episode on Barcelona, Spain, and our time that we spent there, but um, we're at a hostel right now in Haynes Junction in the Yukon, and we ran into a pretty cool guy we met from Australia. His name's Brett, and he's traveling the United States on his motorbike and got into L.A. and went up the West Coast all the way up through... Alaska and took a, a ferry here so it seems like a pretty cool guy to interview and just kind of wanted to see um, where he's going next what his favorite places have been and such like that so I guess just introduce yourself um, when you got here um, your name yeah just base bare bone yeah. basics yeah, like yeah. that it's pretty laissez-faire episode yeah cool cool my name's Brett Williams I um I got into uh, Los Angeles on the 13th of June which was about uh, a couple of weeks ago and I've uh, ridden my motorcycle up through uh, California, Nevada, Utah, Idaho, Montana, and then into Washington. And as uh, as Kyle said, uh, caught a ferry up to um, Haines, which, which is where I'm uh, catching up with these guys at the moment. And then now my, my big trip starts, which is from uh, Alaska all the way to Argentina. Cool. So, Brett, what made you want to like leave Australia and come and do this kind of trip? I've always uh, always liked motorbikes, motorcycles, riding, and the travel bug sort of bit me a few years ago. So I've sort of um, sort of combined the two, and uh, and always wanted to come to the US and and travel. So I thought, well, look, it's the best way to go about it. So I'll jump on the jump on the motorcycle. Yeah, and- definitely seems like a great way to combine the two. Um, so how much? Like, when did you start preparing for this trip, or how far in advance, and what type of logistical? things needed to happen in order to do this oh look the planning started a couple of years ago but really the actual you know making phone calls booking flights booking things mm-hmm. really started about six months before i uh i arrived did, did didn't require too much cool so i mean what do you do for a living before i come traveling i was in the australian navy i was an engineering sailor and uh i left I left that after my four years, which is our minimum service, and then uh, now full-time traveler. Will you be able to travel indefinitely, or will you eventually have to stop and start working again? Oh, the, the, the money only lasts so long, so yeah, my, the whole trip should last about four months. Cool. And you're going to end in South America? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the in plan. Uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina? Yeah, Buenos Aires, Argentina. What was the thing that you're looking forward to the most before you got here? And then now that you're here, what's the thing you're looking forward to the most from this point on? Oh, okay. So Does well, that makes sense. <laughs> just I just wanted to I hadn't been to the US before, so mm-hmm. it was really just wanted to experience a bit of a 
bit of a different culture, mm-hmm. still Western culture, but something different. Now, after traveling in the US and into Canada, Canada, Canada looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, the next, the next, the next big, um, oh, next thing I'm looking forward to is is getting into Central America. is is really is really where it's gonna. Is there one country in particular that you're most looking forward to seeing once you get to Central or South America? Costa Rica is is probably the top of the list. I've heard a lot of good things, and uh, a lot 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 of nice places to see. Yeah, good to travel. Yeah, I went there way back in the day with my family, and uh, it's a beautiful country. There's a lot of like jungles, and like you should do a zipline tour while you're there. You can, oh, okay. Not, not too terribly expensive, but I just remember the roads are not the best, so I guess be prepared <laughs> for that. It was like real like potholing and crappy, but yeah, yeah, you know, it might have been changed since then. So let's talk about like the logistics of your motorcycle here. So how exactly does one go about getting a motorcycle from Australia? over to Los Angeles. I mean, that's a completely different continent you're jumping there at that motorbike. So it took, it took a little bit of organizing. Um, it was, it, it may appear more expensive to send a, send the motorbike as an air freight, but it works out to be cheaper than sending it by, by shipping. So it, um, it needed to be uh, pulled apart. The front wheel needed to be pulled apart. Fuel needed to be drained out. It gets boxed up into a, a timber crate. And then gets loaded onto the aircraft, and then um, arrives not not too not too not <laughs> yeah. too long after. Yeah. So are you like obviously when you're doing something like this, you can't afford to be a fair weather driver or rider. You gotta kind of like ride through the rain. Like, what's it like when you're just riding? Like, it's probably gorgeous when you're riding through the sun and it's you know nice outside, and you're just kind of winding through the mountains. But what happens when the clouds roll and it just starts pouring rain on your day? <laughs> yeah, some you, you don't have a choice. You can't just turn around and go home because yeah. because the, the weather turns bad. So I've only really had one bad day of weather, which was as I was coming into Washington, mm. where it was uh, it was raining all day. But you just got to push through it and, and and get the get the rain gear on and the riding gear and and just push through it. Yeah. Have you ever had any spills on your motorcycle since you've started this trip? No, no. Fingers crossed, no spills. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good. it's been it's been it's been good. The drive the drivers are, are very similar to Australia. You know, the, the big cities you got to look out. You got to mm-hmm. be pretty careful. Yeah. But out in the country, you know, yeah. you, you're you're pretty good. So what are some things that you've brought with you? With the mo- in the motorcycle, like I saw, you had three giant uh, saddlebags, for lack of a better, better term. So, like, what are, what exactly is it, do you carry inside of that with you? Uh, inside all the all the luggage and all the saddlebags is is camping gear, sleeping bags, tents, a little cooking stove, um, variety of spare parts for the bike to uh, to keep that running, tools to make any repairs, and most of the same stuff you'd carry with your backpacking, camping. You know, a bit of food, some clothes. So I know, I know you said you've uh, done a lot of camping and like split it between hostels. Would you say you've done camping more so, or most nights? What do you do for lodging? Most nights uh, up till now has been motels, hostels. Motels. Okay. But um, I'm trying to get more into the the, the camping. The the scenery is a lot nicer. So I don't know if there's a, a thing we've used um, or when we were planning. It's freecampsites.net. Okay. And I'll show you just. You know, free campsites in the area, but not these ones that you kind of have to pay like twenty bucks to set up a yeah. tent. Um, okay. yeah, that's a good resource. All right, I'll definitely check that out. So, okay. who's who's been the most uh, interesting American you've met so far, or Canadian on your, on your <laughs> journey? Um, oh, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. Um, I stayed at an Airbnb uh, place when I was in uh, Missoula, Montana, and there was a few couple of interesting. Uh, 
uh, college students there that were um, were certainly um, the most interesting I've met. So how so? Just very. It <laughs> oh, seems like a very like hippie kind of area to yeah, me when I was there, it, at least it, in Missoula. It was, it was. It was just, heard. it was a real good vibe. Everyone was real chilled and relaxed. And yeah, yeah it was just, just really, really good environment to, to travel to travel in for a, for a couple of days. So you'd say that overall your trip in the Americas has been pretty positive. And I mean, what, what do you think is the, the biggest thing you've learned since taking this trip? Oh, the biggest thing I've learned is just to, not stress, just uh, try to forget and w- stop worrying about the, the things that are out of your control mm-hmm. and just worry about what's in front of you. Yeah, anxiety can really be a big uh, damper on anybody who's trying to travel. And I think that a big part of traveling is just kind of letting go and uh, just letting, you know, basically, for lack of a better term, like the universe guide you to where you need to go. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to overcome for most people, yeah. I think. Yeah, it's very difficult. It took it took me a, it took me quite a few days to, to relax after getting over here. Yeah. And um, but it's a, it's every 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 day after that you just a little more relaxed and yeah. enjoy it. And what's the biggest like culture shock or like difference you've seen so far? Even if that's like different like traffic rules or like ordering at a restaurant, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Well, because I mean, American Australia, like I know they're very similar, but I'm sure there's some things that are like pretty different with like either the people or just probably the biggest thing is uh, is the uh, hospitality where you where we don't tip. There's no tipping it at all. Yeah. So just sort of knowing when and when's the right. Yeah. Because the last thing I want to do is is um is take money away from someone that's trying to trying to earn exactly. a living. Yeah. It's uh that that's that that's, is that's a very interesting thing. Like, yeah. Because I know if you're a if you're a waiter or like a waitress, you get like half of minimum wage and then you're just expected to make up the rest with tips i'm just kind of like i always thought that was a little bit weird yeah yeah i see that i see the reason for it be as it as it encourages uh better service yeah but certainly um that would be very difficult to work in yeah especially if it's like a downtime in the day or you know you're just not really business is booming as usual it is kind of hard to draw that line between when do I tip and when do I not tip? I mean, you can go to McDonald's and you're not expected to tip, but again, you go and you sit down at a restaurant and it's like, oh, well, you better tip 20%. It's like, when do I tip? When do I don't? After this trip, when you go down into Central and South America, is there anywhere else you'd like to like tour on a motorcycle? Oh, look, not really. I think I think by the end of this trip, I'll have, I've uh, had enough on the bike. Yeah, yeah. I bet. But um, uh, look, I'm never going to, I'm not going to... Uh, Say no that uh, I won't do any more motorcycle traveling. Right. You know, through through Europe, especially there's a lot to a lot to see. Oh, for sure. So, what what made you want to come to America before you went to Europe? Um, I don't. I, I I've been asked this question a lot, and yeah. it's it's a diff, it's very difficult <laughs> to answer. Right, right. I think I think as uh, American culture and and society has a large influence over. A lot of the other Western Western countries, mm-hmm. I think, in terms of television and um, and movies and stuff, I think I think that's the main drive that wanted that uh, pushed me to come to the United States. For sure. What's the worst city you've been to so far? Oh, that's uh, that's, that's uh, definitely Los Angeles. Oh, Los Angeles oh, yeah. is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> I did not Hands enjoy down. the time I went there. It was just yeah. the only thing going for it's the weather. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Is that a pretty similar climate to where you live in Australia? Or yeah, yeah, we have um, we still have very uh, distinct seasons. 
throughout uh, throughout Australia, but it 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 generally very hot. But um, even in the winter, it's really hot in Australia. No, no, the the winters the winters will get down to oh, depends on the location. Mm, yeah, of course. Um, like Canberra, for example, can get very very cold. Yeah, very cold. But the northern parts of Australia, the winters will be um, like summer over here right. in Canada mm. at the moment. Yeah. If you go down south in Australia, like it's got to be on the same latitude as... Like southern Argentina. Yeah, it's like, so it's got to get a little chilly down yeah. there. But you don't really come to associate Australia with, with snow and like the cold and things like that. Nah, correct, yeah. It does snow in, in some, some uh, higher altitude um, locations. But uh, yeah, the the southern the southern part of the country is is quite far from the equator, so it's so uh, what, it can what, get what about uh, people that live in Tasmania? I hear they're kind of like <laughs> rednecks, hillbillies. They grow apples and smoke weed. Yeah, <laughs> that's what uh, we met this Australian at our hostel in L.A. and he was like, "Oh, Tasmania is a bunch of indigent hillbillies that smoke weed and grow apples." <laughs> Tasmania is a little bit behind the rest of the country. It's like but, the Kentucky of Australia, I think. It's that's a good that's a good comparison. But it's still it's still uh, an awesome place to visit. I've I've ridden around there on a motorcycle as well for for a few days, and it's an excellent excellent place to Go visit. Ahead, sure. Have you been to New Zealand? Uh no, New Zealand, no. So it's um, that's a spectacular place, like yeah. in the mountains and just incredible. I yeah, know you guys don't really like each other, but ah nah, we 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 will get along alright. <laughs> You know, it was interesting learning about the difference between Aussies and Kiwis. Yeah. You know, having run into both of them along the way in our travels. But uh, don't you ever worry that you're putting too many miles on your motorcycle or kind of like ruining your investment? That you, I mean, like, you, you paid quite a bit for a motorcycle, as anybody who owns one should know. I mean, aren't you worried that you're just kind of like running it into the ground? Or Yeah, that, that, is, that is a concern. And the, the, the reason, actually, for the ferry... Catching the ferry up to uh, at, up to uh, Alaska was to reduce the amount of uh, kilometers I put on the motorbike, and also to uh, reduce the f- my my fatigue yeah. Of, yeah. Of, on the bike for you know, three or four days of yeah. riding. So it, it is it is it is always a concern, and and up upkeep and maintenance is is important as well. Yeah. So how many miles a day do you travel on a motorcycle generally? Up up to now the the trip I. I would uh, estimate it at uh, three to four hundred miles a day, okay. but I expect as the further south as I head through Central America, the the average miles will slow down considerably, yeah. to maybe a hundred to two hundred. Okay. As uh, as um, was mentioned before, the road the road conditions will deteriorate, mm-hmm. and there's no uh, there's no real nice smooth highways to uh, to travel on. Right, and safety has to be the utmost thing. I mean, you can't afford to you know dump the bike or yourself off of the bike for that matter. How long can you ride on a motor on your motorcycle with the tank? Like uh, you fill the tank up with gas, and like how how many hours do you think you could go on it before having to stop and refuel? Oh, I I like to stop at least every couple of hundred two hundred kilometers. Mm-hmm. Just to get a rest, to get yeah, a break, and uh, and 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 re- refuel with fuel, because uh, there's a technique. The, the fuel range will get me about 400 kilometers, but you don't want to push it to 400 no. kilometers because yeah, you'll be left right. you'll be left broken down on the side of the road. That's right. You can definitely go a considerably longer distance in a car than you can on a motorcycle. So you know we can we can afford to blow past gas stations, but I'm sure that you have to stop at almost every gas station you come to along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Correct. So have you uh, met 
a lot of other motorbike motorcyclists out there that are kind of doing similar things to you or have other any like exotic plans. Like we met these guys. Um, I think we were telling you yesterday that drove up to Arctic Circle. I don't know why, but just because you can, I guess. And that just yeah. and they were from Pennsylvania, and they started in Montana, and just. I mean, that's pretty lofty trip as well. Yeah, I've met I've met quite a few uh, fellow motorcyclists which are on their own their own trips. Nothing uh, nothing as as large as mine. Yeah. But um, yeah. I've met I've met people that have done the same trip before. Not they weren't doing it at the time. So is it a pretty popular route, at least? Like, was there a lot of stuff on the internet about your trip you could find? Like, people riding their bikes through Central and South America? or Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a very, it's a very uh, popular route that people will take, whether they're driving a car, a van, or a truck. Uh, the, oh, okay. the, the Pan American Highway is, is yeah. that is what it's commonly referred to. Not It's not one continuous highway, but it's generally referred to as the as North, North, South, and the Americas. Mm-hmm. So you said you took a ferry from Seattle, Washington, up to Alaska. Uh, correct. Just actually Bellingham. Bellingham. Just a, which is a couple of hours north of Seattle. Okay. Um, yep. Ferry come up through the Inside Passage. Took about uh, took about uh, three days. Wow, you're on a boat for three days. Now. Yeah. Did you get a cabin or anything on there? No cabin. Just uh, just uh, the sleeping mattress and the, and the sleeping bag in in the. So, so basically, you had to sleep in the storage container, or like, not like, like I don't know, like a cargo bin, I guess you would call it. No, no, there, there's a lot, very large passenger uh, lounges and compartments. Oh, and okay. So it was, um, it was very comfortable. Some some people decide to sleep out out on the deck, uh, mm. pitch their tent out That's on out cool. on the deck, which is pretty cool, which is pretty cool. But um, yeah, it's very comfortable. How were the stars in the middle of the ocean? Like, did you uh, get a chance to like look up and? See them and it's pitch black outside. Yeah, the, there was it was quite cloudy for a lot of the yeah. a lot of the trip until we ju- we sort of come to ca- come to the final destination. So unfortunately, it was li- it wasn't uh, quite uh, quite doable. Yeah, and the, and the ferry dumped you in uh, what city in Alaska? Uh, Haines. Haines. Okay, and then you were able to ride through uh, the Kenai Peninsula. Um, I'm not sure where I come straight out of Haines, straight to the Canadian border. Oh. Okay. Oh, it's oh, straight right, east, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. Straight right. to Haines Junction. Okay. So you're riding to Whitehorse, Yukon today, and then yep. down Whitehorse, uh, then Watson Lake, and then from Watson Lake, it'll be along the Alaska Highway to Dawson's Creek. Okay. Yeah. So we were when we were planning our trip up from Saskatoon, or I guess Cleveland for yeah. him. There's two routes you can do. So yeah, the Alaska Canadians more popular. We we took the route through like Banff National Park and Jasper okay. National. I think it's uh, the Cassier Highway. We took or something. the yellow the Yellowhead Highway. Yeah. yeah. Up to thirty seven, and then finally met up with the Alcan and took it. We're gonna take it the rest of the way there, but. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, the northern the Rockies in Canada. I mean, it was spectacular with these. We did this hike yesterday, and there's like Caribbean blue water and all the lakes. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, the Canadian Rockies. It should be uh, it should be epic. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, um, what does a person need to budget for a trip of this <laughs> of this fashion? Nah, excellent question. Excellent question. Like like any traveling, it can be done on a budget or it can be done quite uh, extravagantly. Yeah. Look, the the budget I. It's very it's difficult to set a budget. I estimate at about thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but obviously that if the time my time frame 
it gets extended, so will the cost. Uh, yeah, of course. Is that Canadian? I'm sorry, well, is that Australian? Yeah, Australian okay, dollars. Right. Australian dollars. Is the uh, is the exchange rate good? Does it work in your favor coming from Australia to the Americas? Not not at the moment. Really? It may a couple of years ago it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Uh, current current rate is one Australian dollars giving me about seventy one US cents. Wow. So I'm down a little bit. So it would be good for us to go to Australia. Oh, right absolutely! Now. Good, good yeah. time, good time to travel in the other direction. Yeah. It seems like the American dollar has really, either it's either the American dollar has come up in price or everywhere else is coming down because uh, you know, going through Canada, our dollar is working really well. Mm. I know the euros came down and so did the pound with the whole Brexit thing yeah. going on right now. And yes, I didn't even know about the Australian currency. So mm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into the what what yeah. what each dollar's worth. Which yeah. goes a bit beyond my understanding, but oh, yeah. I can only hope that just it goes up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, well, I uh, think that. Yeah, I think that does it. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with us today, and we'll keep you posted when we uh, put it up. And it's on iTunes and stuff if you have that. So. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. There we have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in and listening with us today. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did talking with Brett and his pretty awesome trip that I'm rather jealous of. So I am back here in Salt Lake City. Um, this was recorded about a week ago and we're just kind of finishing up all of the footage and film and you know all the goodies and podcasts that we recorded up there. So things are getting a little hectic here at Red Eye Manifesto Camp but I believe it's going to be some of the best episodes we've had yet and all of the fantastic sites that we got to see and we're lucky enough to go out and hike and explore and you know all of just the diverse terrain of north america and canada and alaska i mean it's breathtaking i mean you guys can go check out this the photos and the videos on our website once they're up and see for yourself but even that doesn't do it justice and for those that have been listening along with our european saga don't worry we recorded the second to last episode of barcelona spain while we were uh, actually right before this and after this, we're going to close it off with our final episode of Rome, Italy, and that will complete our seven-stop journey of our European travels. Then we're going to talk about our time, um, just this last trip. So that includes Banff National Park, Jasper, all of northern British Columbia, Yukon, um, Haynes Junction, Kluane National Park, and then all of Alaska that we saw. So that's Wrangell St. Elias, the Kennecott Copper Mines, um, the ice fields down south, Anchorage and Kenai Fords National Park and the infamous Harding Ice Field. So it was a lot. It was a crash course of something that I think would probably take a half a year to fully see. So stay tuned and um, we'll keep you posted on where to exactly see that. But as always, subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review if you liked it because that is what helps us get discovered and that is when we can start giving you some pretty cool stuff like uh, travel discounts and more swag in addition to the free stickers we're handing out so thanks again for listening and i will see you next week